I don't want to be in bondage to anything because I am a child of God. I used to drink, I used to party, I used to fornicate, I used to commit adultery. You see, before I came to Christ, but no longer in Christ. Why? Because I'm a new creature in Jesus Christ. This is important, my friends. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's lesson continues our study of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, and we're glad to have you along. Exploring what it looks like to live righteously before God, Raul will challenge us to daily choose integrity, obedience, and humility. He'll show us that while it's easy to presume on God's grace and go our own way in sin, He sees our hearts and desires our full devotion. We'll begin today in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's listen as Roel Reese begins part 2 of the lesson, Failure to Solve Disputes. Paul the Apostle is so amazing in the subjects and the topics that he teaches in the book of Corinthians. Because the book of Corinthians or the church of Corinth was a church like today. Most churches are like the church of Corinth. They had a problem with carnality. They were not spiritual people. They were people that loved reading the Bible, hearing sermons, but they would not live according to the Word of God. And in this chapter, he's going to deal now with this whole issue of lawsuits involving members of the body of Christ in the church. Like I told you before, there are times that if that brother is not willing to bend and he's very proud and he really has ripped you up, then take him to court. There's no other way. If he's not willing to submit, then you need to take him to court. And you go with the Lord and see what God will do. And at the same time, there are Christian lawyers. And there are Christian judges, but you don't know if you're going to get a Christian judge or not. You know what I'm saying? It's up to the Lord. But if you stand for what's right, and maybe the judge will give him the victory, and you'll be the loser, then you got to have the attitude to take up on yourself humility and say, okay, it's in the hands of God. God will judge at the end. I like that. Because even if I lose, yet God's still going to judge. If I'm right, and I know that I'm speaking truth, I leave it in the hands of the Lord. God will take care of it. I'm not going to worry about it. Don't let it eat you up and get revenge. We don't want to do that. Then he says again, in verse 7, Now therefore, it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why don't you... Notice, why don't you rather accept the wrong, or why do you not rather let yourself be cheated? Hey, let him go. God will take care of it. If that person is ripping you off, and they don't want to take care of business, God will take care of them. Believe me, nobody prospers when they cheat. But it's so cool how God just ministers and, and these people were literally angry one another and they were trying to sue each other and Paul says, hey, enough is enough, you guys. Why don't you just take the wrong? Even if you lose your money, God will take care of it. We can't look for ways to destroy people. 
and you retaliate. That's our nature, retaliation. We're not going to do that. We're going to sit tight and see what God's going to do. Verse 8, look what he says. No, you yourselves do wrong and cheat and do these things to your brethren. Notice that. Paul just brings it all and says, no, you're a cheater. You're a liar. And who do you do it to? You rip off your own brothers and sisters in the Lord. Wow, that's heavy. I would hate to be in anybody's shoes that is ripping off Christians. I really would. If God has given you the talent to do something in workmanship, whatever it may be, or you're investing people's monies, whatever it may be, you better be careful and treat it not as your money, but God's money that is loaned to you. And do the best you can to give to people what they're looking for in their investments. Doing the best. And then God will bless you for having integrity and for being honest and being upfront. So cool how God works. Then in chapter 6, verse 9 to 20, now he's going to go into the second phase. And that is consider the Lord. Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Now, let me first of all correct something here. The unrighteous is not the non-believer. Who is Paul talking to? He's talking to Christians. What does he mean unrighteous? That is those that are not living in the righteousness of Christ. Those that are continuing in sin. That's who he's talking to. He's talking to Christians, believers, that have been born again of the Holy Spirit. But what's happened is they've gone back into their old lives. They're still practicing those sins that they once were actually delivered from by the Lord. And they're back in those sins. Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Underline that. Because many people are deceived. A lot of people think, hey look, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and I've gotten away with it, and I'm never going to be judged. God's grace covers me. Be careful of abusing the grace of God. Turn with me for one moment to the book of Romans chapter 6. Paul the Apostle clarifies this very carefully in chapter 6 of Romans. Beginning with verse 1. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What does he mean? He says, look, now that you're a child of God, can you continue in sin and still be under the grace of God? Verse 2, God forbid, never ever think that. How shall we that have died to sin live any longer in sin? You see? How can we live as an adulterer or a homosexual or a sodomite or a liar or a fornicator? You see? Or a thief or a drunkard. When that used to be our lives, how can we say, well, you know, I'm a Christian drunkard. Well, I'm a Christian homosexual. No, you can't do that. That's not a real testimony. Because many people are deceived and they get deceived by taking advantage of the grace of God. They'll go, well, God will forgive. God will forgive. He knows my heart. No, what is your heart? Jeremiah 79, your heart is deceitful, desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, know your hearts. 
Your heart, your very own heart will deceive you. You see? Be careful. Look what else he says, verse 2. God forbid, how shall we that are dead to still live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized unto His death? Now, when we were baptized in water, it didn't save us. What did baptism do? Baptism was actually a picture of death. You actually, when you go to a baptism service, you're going to a funeral service. That's what it's all about. Because when you step into the water, the water is the burial place. When you step into the water, you're standing there, and the pastor will talk to you, and he'll ask you how long you've been a Christian. And you'll tell him. And you'll give your testimony. And then we're going to say, okay, we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We want you to hold your nose, or I'll hold your nose. Because I'm going to take you down, and I'm going to hold you down. Okay? And I'm, I'm going to pretend that I'm putting you down into the grave, and I'm holding you down. No, not 10 minutes, okay? I'll bring you up fast. And I'll bring you down, and when I bring you up, what happens? Most people, they come out of the water, right? And it's like a breath of fresh air, and what you're doing is you're resurrecting from the grave. And you're coming out now in newness of life. Why? Because you've received Jesus Christ by faith as your personal Lord and Savior. Salvation never, never saves you by baptism. Never. I don't care if you were baptized as an infant. You're not saved. Baptism is only a symbol of death. That's all it is. A symbol of death. And here Paul tells you that. Look what else he says. Verse 4. Therefore, we are buried with Jesus Christ by baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the newness of life. You see? It's a demonstration of what? The power of God. That I've been born again of the Holy Spirit. I've been buried with Jesus Christ. And what happened to Christ when He was buried? He resurrected on the third day. And now I am walking around now with resurrection life. The power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Until Jesus comes. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect. I fall daily. You see? We need to be careful of taking advantage of the grace of God. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man soweth, that shall he reap. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Visit us anytime at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165. For timely insights to stay in step with God, you can also catch Straight Talk with Raul on his YouTube channel, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. West Coast time. Now back to more with Raul Reese and the final part of our lesson, Failure to Solve Disputes. Go back. Look what he says again. Verse 9. Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, that is those, the word pornonia, we get our English word pornography. Those here, fornication, are those that are in sexual sin before marriage. With their boyfriend or their girlfriend. Or they're going to a prostitute. Okay? Fornication. Nor idolaters. Those that worship idols. Nor adulterers, those that are married and are going out on their wife or their husband with somebody else. Nor homosexuals, you see. Nor sodomites, 
that could be bisexual. Okay? Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, so that we don't confuse it. He's talking to believers, right? Look at verse 11. And such were some of you. What's that? Past tense. It's not present. You should not be living like this. That used to be your life. No more. Such were some of you. But you have been washed. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the spirit of our God. God set you apart. Notice that. Hagios. You're a saint now. You're a Christian. You're a child of the light. And then on top of that. Paul, in verse 12, I'm so glad he put that there. Because Paul says, look, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of anything. Underline that. Why? I have the freedom to fornicate. I have the freedom to be a homosexual. I have the freedom to drink. I have the freedom to do everything. But why would I do it? Because I don't want to be in bondage to anything. Because I am a child of God. I used to drink. I used to party. I used to fornicate. I used to commit adultery. You see? Before I came to Christ. But no longer in Christ. Why? Because I'm a new creature in Jesus Christ. This is important, my friends. Because there are too many people in the church, like Paul said, they are deceived. And they can sit here on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, and any other night, and they hear the radio, and they put on the TV channels, you know, for Christian television, and they can sit there and they can say amen, and still live in sin and think they're going to heaven. Do not be deceived. If you continue to practice such things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Turn with me to the book of Galatians, chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, talking to Christians again. Beginning with verse 16. He says, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusted against the spirit. Now when you're fornicating and you're lying and you're drinking and you're cheating, are you walking in the spirit of God? No way. You're walking out in the flesh. Those are the works of the flesh. Look what he says. For the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are what? Contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led by the Holy Spirit, then you're not under the law. Now now these are the works of the flesh which are manifested, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, endings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like of the which I tell you before as I have told you in times past, that they which do such things, underline this, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Speaking to Christians. I don't want anything to keep me from the kingdom of God. Go back to Corinthians. 
Verse 12 again. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of it. And that's the key for our lives. I have the freedom, notice, to do anything that I want to do. If I want to have a Bud Light, I can have one. Who's going to stop me? Make sure that your freedoms don't bring you back into bondage. Be careful. Because there are people that have a problem with drinking. There are people that have problems with homosexuality. There are people that have problems with fornication. You see? Then he says this, verse 13. Foods are for the stomach and stomach for foods. But God will destroy both in them. Notice. Now the body is not for sexual immorality. Notice what he says. But for the Lord and the Lord for the body. How much clearer do we want to hear it? Anytime a male and female get together and actually come sexually in union together, what are you doing? You become one. Whose body is it? Whose temple is it? It's the Lord's temple. You see? You're polluting God's house. He's going to tell you again, like he did in the previous chapter. Look what he says, verse 14. And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by His own power. Don't you know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the member of Christ and make the members of a harlot? Notice what Paul says. He's very open. Certainly not. How can I take my body and go hire a prostitute and have sex with her and then say, I'm a Christian. I'm defiling the temple of God. That's what Paul's saying. Look what else he says. Or don't you know that he who is glued or joined to the harlot is one body with her. For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. How do you become one flesh? Intimately, sexually. You see? That's why guys can go have sex and not bother them. But women have emotions and it's totally different. Paul said, hey, emotions... Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, it will become a wreck in your life. Be careful. Be careful what you do. Then he says this, but he who is joined, verse 17, to the Lord is one spirit with him. And here is the warning and good counsel for young people and old people too. Flee immorality. Every sin that a man does, it's outside of the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. This is the only sin. Notice what he talks about. And that is what? Sexual sin. That is against your own body. In Genesis 39, there was a young man by the name of Joseph. Joseph was chosen by God and he went through so much stuff as his brothers rejected him and said that he was dead and sold him over to Egypt. He ended up in Egypt in Potiphar's house. Potiphar was not only in charge with the king's court, but he came in and took uh, Joseph into his house and made him steward of everything that he had because the Lord was with Joseph. And, And he says, you can have anything you want. Joseph, anything you want, it's yours. And one day Potiphar went on a journey and he had a very seductive wife. His wife was after Joseph day and night. 
And then as Joseph would come in to clean the house, she would actually send the guards out and she would set it all up. And finally she, felt, she got so fed up because Joseph kept rejecting her. That one day she decided, man, I'm going to get him today. And she actually told the guys, they take a longer lunch today than yesterday. Don't come back for a long time. And then she got her negligee on. She went to the bed. She laid there. She set her soul up. And when Joseph came in, instead of Joseph literally becoming the aggressor, she became the aggressor. And she jumped out of bed and jumped on top of him. And pulled off his clothes. What would you do in a stunt like that? He was only 18 years old in the prime peak of his sexual activity. But he was with what? With the Lord. And what did he do? He's standing there naked and she's all over him. And he runs and she falls. And he runs out naked, the first speaker in the Bible, running out. (laughs) He ran out. And when he came back, what happened? Her husband came home and she said, Hey, that beautiful servant you actually bought and you brought him in, he tried to rape me. She lied. And they put Joseph in jail. But the Lord was with Joseph. Why? Because Joseph said this. When she came up to seduce him and try to lay him down, he said, How can I do this thing in the presence of the Lord? God sees. I can't do it. And he ran. Then on the other side of the Bible, you read through Genesis, and you come to the book of Judges, chapter 16, and everybody knows the story of Samson. And what happened in Samson? One too many times, he went to a woman, and what happened? Delilah seduced him, deceived him, and took him down. And what happened to Samson? He lost his strength, which was God's power. He lost his ministry. He lost his eyes. And eventually he lost his life. These things are written here for our examples. In Proverbs chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8, read them. It talks about immorality. It talks about sexual sin. And how we're supposed to behave. Here God says, man, hey, be one with me. Flee. Run from sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside of the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or don't you know that your body is the holies of holies? Notice, it's the holies of holies where where God dwells. Of the Holy Spirit who is in you. Whom you have from God and you are not your own. Hey, don't forget that if you're a Christian, you already have been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. He paid the full redemption price for you when he died on the cross. You're not your own anymore. You don't have your own will anymore. We are to be submissive to Jesus Christ in every area of my life. That's what he says. Then he says finally this. For you were bought at a price. And what was the price? The price of redemption. Jesus died for you and me. For you were bought by a price. Therefore glorify God in your body, in your spirit, which are God's. You're not your own anymore. You belong to God. 
we hope you've been challenged by today's reminder that choosing to follow the Lord isn't a one-time decision, but a daily choice. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review today's lesson, we'll send you a complete version for a donation of $5 or more. Just call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching titled, Failure to Solve Disputes. Now, to support you in pursuing a path that truly honors God, we'd like to tell you about a helpful resource titled Walking Righteously. Rawls' four-message audio pack explores the central importance of submission and obedience in the spiritual journey of all of those who want to walk in close communion with God. You'll see that when you fully commit your heart and life to the Lord, He can use you mightily in the building of His kingdom. So visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Rawls' Walking Righteously audio pack. We'll send you this four-CD series for a gift of $19 or more. That's 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We are so grateful for your partnership as we share God's wisdom and hope through these programs. Every contribution you make is tax-deductible. Be sure and join us next time for more life-shaping instruction from 1 Corinthians. You'll be encouraged to obey the Lord's guidelines for purity, whether you're married or single, as you consider how His divine principles were established to protect you. That's next time on Somebody Loves You Radio. This program was sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.